Moseying along here on our little train car, in our train car. Unless you don't have money to get inside, you can be on top of it. How's everybody doing? It's the first day of the week for me. And we're going to have a good good time tonight. I have a couple of things I want to talk about. It won't, it won't cover everything that's happened since the last time we spoke. And there's other things we have to do this week. We have great guests. we got a storm chaser coming on this week. On Thursday night. Or, or Wednesday. Tomorrow. No, no. Thursday night. The 13th. Tomorrow's the 12th. So, I'm happy to be back with you. I hope your, your Easter break was very nice. Mine was nice. Hopefully we can talk about that a little bit. And, um, and take some calls. But we'll see how well we handle the the main bits of material for tonight, which is going to be uh, talking a little bit about Tennessee in general, and then and then we're going to be discussing the the continued nonsense about corporate woke marketing. Um, it, 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 people will I just we will have to analyze the whole uh, go broke. Situation here, whether or not it actually works, and I'm I'm glad that it's starting to be talked about a little bit. Back a couple of years ago, the talk about what's going on inside the corporate the corporate world and adopting all these equity and racist things, and then of course jumping into the deep end of the mental illness pool against all odds, knowing what it'll do to the greater. The greater the society at large and, and and everything else said there has to be something else behind it aside from just you know people wanting to see the world burn well we're going to do a little bit of that tonight and it has to uh, has to do a lot about investment firms and gigantic corporations like BlackRock and maybe some things that you haven't heard before some of you have and uh, and for you that'll just be review but for tonight that's what we're going to be doing a little bit of, and hopefully at the end of it all, we can have some you guys call in, let me know what you're thinking about one thing or another, and then the week will be officially underway. It's April the 11th, and greetings to all of our friends on QuiteFrankly.tv, the refresh in QuiteFrankly.tv. It was a great weekend for that. So I'm so proud of what we did on QuiteFrankly.tv over the weekend. Thousands of you filtered in and out to watch really awesome movies that are um, are scattered all throughout cable television now. There used to be marathons of biblical biopics on every channel, if you go back even 10, 15 years. Not anymore, so we made sure that everybody had a place to just keep the, uh, the stream rolling and casting onto your TV, and it was really a lot of fun. We'll talk about that later on. So I'm sure we'll take some calls, and I want to hear about how everybody enjoyed their Easter. And uh, so thank you, everybody, who's watching on QuiteFrankly.tv. Also, Rumble and Twitch and DLive, Theta, Rockfin, we're on Odyssey. And uh, YouTube, but only for a good portion of the first half. I'll take you past the intro, but we're jumping off of YouTube tonight, especially when we have to go into the gender pool. Um, so if, if I cut off there, then I'll be able to leave at least half of the show 
on YouTube, and then the people who are hopelessly addicted to Google will at least know that I was live tonight. That's that's really what it's really all about here. Um, okay, so with that, let's jump on over. Let's jump over to our wonderful sponsors. I just want to thank BlueMonsterPrep.com. They've been doing a lot of business with people now, looking into all different things that they never thought they would have to, and that is uh, solar power generation for the home, not just for your devices, but for the home. The food, the water, the communication, that is all huge. And Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. I know a lot of you have been embarking on your uh, the first ever length on your precious metals journey. And especially now that Tony over there at Wise Wolf has said that they now carry goldbacks from all states. He got a line on them from all states. No, So not just Nevada after the interview we had um, with um, the founders of the Nevada gold pack, but all over, all the several states that are, are um, manufacturing them now. So have at it with that. All those links are on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv, along with the rest of our wonderful friends. It's also cigar season coming up, so go and check out the, quite frankly, official cigar, the Jester, over at Lefty's Cigars. I actually just put in a call to uh, Blaze over there at Lefty's saying, hey, listen, going to need to stock up now because I'll be entertaining, hopefully, hopefully have some barbecues and just chill out in the backyard in your little sanctuary that's really what it really is all about creating sanctuaries because they're coming and as we see right now red states are not immune so you got to get out got to get to a sane state what like tennessee because that's what i was thinking about i was thinking about tennessee it's just a reminder that it's going to come for us all over the place all over the place the mind virus and uh And yes, we'll get into a lot of that as time goes on tonight. I also want to make an announcement for those of you out there who um, did not read along with us on Brave New World, me and Jay Dyer, it is now live, since it was a couple of weeks ago, it is now live on the Quite Frankly YouTube and on the Quite Frankly SoundCloud. So it's been, the whole playlist has been hosted on audio form and on video form on YouTube. That is Brave New World. It is now available YouTube and SoundCloud. So if you got your book late and you want to go and you want to re, uh, you want to run through it all and be a part of it as if it's in real time, they are a tremendous set of podca- podcasts. Did great dives, great analysis, great audience participation. And if you want to be a part of that for future book titles, you've got to become a monthly sponsor for as little as $2 a month. I also, I'm giving this away now. Now we're doing the raffle for my copy of Brave New World with all of my notes and stuff, and I'll inscribe something in there for you, whoever wins it. So you know how you do that? From now until now, I'm going to, because it's a short week this week, I'm going to announce, a, I'm going to draft the, uh, the winner next week. From today until early next week, I'll let you know exactly when everybody who sends over a super chat at quite frankly superchat.com and only there so i can keep it all in one place is automatically put into the running just as a reminder if you put in five super chats from now until the drawing it's only counted once so that it is as good as a chance as everybody else has um but don't that, don't let that stop you from interacting with the show if you just wanted to get some thoughts 
Don't worry about that. But you are going to be entered into the running for this. So I hope you all I hope you all win. I will send a page to each person. That means that about 200 something of you guys can win one page from the book. Compartmentalize. There you have it. All right, into the grab bag we go. First one up. Boy oh boy. Did you see the Dalai Lama? This crusty old bastard apologizes for asking a young boy to suck on his tongue. You might have seen it, you might have not, and if you didn't, good for you, because it's absolutely disgusting. The Tibetan spiritual leader, the Dalai Lama, apologized on Monday after a video which showed him asking a boy to suck his tongue triggered a backlash on social media. I'm surprised. The video, which has gone viral, shows the Dalai Lama, 87 years old, planting a kiss on the boy's lips as he leaned in to pay his respects. The Buddhist monk is then seen sticking his tongue out as he asked the, the child to suck on it. Can you suck on my tongue? He is heard asking the young boy in the video. The video is from an event in uh, McLeod Ganj, a suburb of Dharmashala, a city in northern India on February 28th. His Holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as many friends across the world, for the hurt his words may have caused. His words? His Holiness often teases the people he meets in innocent and playful way. Oh, well, he should, he should become Joe Biden's vice president. They'd put Franklin's scandal to shame. Twitter users slammed the video, calling it disgusting, absolutely sick. After it trending on uh, Sunday, after it was trending on Sunday, utterly shocked to see this display by the Dalai Lama in the past two, he had to apologize for his sexist comments, but saying, now suck my tongue to a young boy is disgusting, wrote one user, Sangeeta. Another poster, Rocky Tripathi, Tripathi, said, what did I just see? What that child must be feeling? Disgusting. Now, normally... When you get old, you tend to care less about how you come off in public and uh, the other things that you just you can't control as well, like farting, for example. Sometimes it just happens, especially if you're old. But there's also an element of just not caring what people think. Now, what kind of a life must this ha this man have lived to be this casual about making a young child uh, suck his tongue or at least asking for it in public? I don't know. I don't know, but that was uh, that was stomach churning, no doubt about it. Hey, here's something that you can file under duh. The BBC reports Ukraine war leaks show Western special forces on the ground. Well, who the hell's gonna who the hell's gonna use all that advanced equipment? Who's gonna use all that advanced equipment? The 13 year old boys that they're uh, that they're probably uh, you know. Uh, trafficking in from God knows where to, to fight for the Ukrainians who are all gone. The UK is among a number of countries with military special forces operating inside Ukraine. Yeah, and, and underwater too. <laughs> They're all over the place. What are you kidding? This is so. But it's a, it's the BBC. This is this is supposed to. This is a shock to people who go to the BBC and CNN for news, thinking that they're on the cutting edge of all developments. And that uh, anything that has not been announced by them must be speculation by some crazy cult of conspiracy theorists. 
The UK is among a number of countries with military special forces operating inside Ukraine, according to one of dozens of documents leaked online. It confirms that uh, what has been the subject of a quiet speculation for over a year. The leaked files, some marked top secret, paint a detailed picture of the war in Ukraine, including sensitive details of Ukraine's preparations for a spring counteroffensive. The U.S. government says it is investigating the source of the leak, according to the document dated 23 March. Like I said before, if they don't find the source of the leak, it was them. According to the document, and it's not it's that that wouldn't be the only exclusive. I'm not going to put them in a box. There's other ways it could be them too, but just putting it out. According to the document dated 23 March, the UK has the largest contingent of special forces in Ukraine, 50, followed by fellow NATO states, Latvia, 17, France, 15, the US, 14. Oh, okay. Okay. We only have 14 members of the United States. There's only 14 US special forces guys out there. The document does not say where the forces are located or what they are doing. The numbers of personnel may be small and will doubtless fluctuate, but the, uh, the special forces uh, are, by their very nature, highly effective. Their presence in Ukraine is likely to be seized upon by Moscow, which has in recent months argued that it is not just confronting Ukraine, but NATO as well. That's exactly what's going on here. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess at this point, it's really all about it's really all about letting the public in on something so that they can project they can project decision making on behalf of Putin who now sees that uh, NATO is a part of all this stuff now you know th- there's so many there's so many different ways that they can pop this one off and I don't, it doesn't look like they're trying to get out a lot of people are wondering whether or not some of this stuff is laying the groundwork for a last minute cutting out but I don't think so I hope so. I I really hope so. Because that means less death. Less death. And then and then we just pray for accountability in the next life for the people who have killed hundreds of thousands already. Hey, here's another one under duh. Walmart abandons unprofitable Chicago stores after investing hundreds of millions of dollars in the city. After two decades of losses and hundreds of millions of dollars invested in Chicago, Walmart is shuttering four unprofitable stores in the metropolitan area. Doesn't mean it hasn't been profitable for the people who are walking in and just taking all the baby powder. Uh, Reducing its store footprint by half in the crime-ridden city. Quote, the simplest explanation is that collectively our Chicago stores have not been profitable since we opened the first one nearly 17 years ago. These stores lose tens of millions of dollars a year and their annual losses nearly doubled in just the last five years. Indeed, that was from Walmart in an official release. Indeed, Walmart has soured on Chicago, the Democratic stronghold that went from a once beautiful metro area into an absolute hellhole. According to Walmart, the decision came after considerable investment in town. Here's another quote. Over the years, we have tried many different strategies to improve the business performance of these locations, including building smaller stores, localizing product assortment, and offering services beyond traditional retail. We have invested hundreds of millions of dollars in the city, including $70 million in the last couple of years to upgrade our stores and build two Walmart health facilities and Walmart Academy training centers. Oh, one training center. 
Matt said the company hasn't lost all faith in the city, but is willing to take a loss with the four remaining stores. The remaining four Chicago stores continue to face the same business difficulties. Go ahead, say what it is. But we think this decision gives us the best chance to keep them open and serving the community. Serving is one say somewhat one way of saying it. That's one way of saying it. In a separate report, Whole Foods in, in San Francisco closed its flagship store on Tuesday morning because of soaring thefts. Walmart and other retailers closing stores not just in Chicago but other big cities is a warning sign for Democratic mayors who can't get crime under control. They will face an exodus of businesses. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit because their money comes from other places. Their money is, they have an endless flow of money that gets washed through war zones. It gets washed through poppy fields. It gets washed through inner cities, through drug dealers. It gets washed through so many ways. It comes back around, around the world, through 15 different pockets and then into their packs. That's what it's all about. They got that going on for them. That and the fact that at the top of the pecking order are the central bankers and everybody else. Um, it's all taxpayers. Say, what are they going to do to keep these, uh, these, these cities afloat? Well, cities don't have to really worry about where they're getting the money anymore. You remember Bill de Blasio in one of his last acts as mayor? He had to sit back, relax, and see what happened with the special elections or the runoff elections in Georgia at the, uh, in January of 2021. Because based on how the U.S. Senate was comprised, he knew he was going to be able to budget in however many billions of dollars that came from people all over the country because he can't manage a city. None of them can. None of them can. And this is why cities, by and large, should be despised. They are leeches, and they used to be a lot more useful. Um, so there you have, there you have that. 714, here's the last one for you. This is from CTV News. Post-sex pill seen as a new tool to fight rising STD rates. Can you... <laughs> new York U.S. health officials released data Tuesday showing how chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis cases have been accelerating. You know why? Because we're just expressing ourselves. Don't judge. Just expressing. We have to express ourselves. But doctors are hoping an old drug will help fight the sexually transmitted infections. Experts believe STDs have been rising because of declining condom use, inadequate sex education. Yeah, we just don't understand. Inadequate sex education. I'm sure that's exactly what it is. And reducing testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, okay. Sexually, tra- no, we don't care as much. We don't care. Sex education is nonsense. You go to sex education, they, they teach you how to give a blowjob. Okay? They, 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 give you, they give you tips and tricks. Everybody knows what the hell is going on here. Everybody knows. It's very simple. It's actually, it's actually just instinct. You know? Uh, the real thing that you need education on usually comes from your parents, your family, people you can trust to have your, your, uh, your best interest in mind. Who, uh, who want to tell you how dangerous, how dangerous the world is right now and how easy it is to be taken away by uh, 
our inclinations and have them become things that are not healthy, especially since they become they they become so nationalized as a part of some weird kind of sick culture. You know, uh, it's it's very hard to have those talks right now without making it sound like sex is scary, which it is not. And um, you know, but there's there's something going on with sex education in school that is a far cry from just people understanding the nuts and bolts of what goes on there. Sexually transmitted infections are an enormous low priority public health pro- problem, and they've been a low priority problem for decades in spite of the fact that they are the most commonly reported kind of infectious disease, says Dr. John Douglas Jr., a retired health official who lectures at Colorado School of Public Health. So, um, what do they say? They say, well, many doctors see promise in doxycycline, which is a cheap antibiotic that's been sold for more than 50 years. So that's it. Everybody just make sure to pop your antibiotics after you have sex with whatever thing you picked up on TikTok or Tinder for that evening. That's how casual it is. Obviously, there's just, there's just no, nobody has gathered any intel on the people that they're with. It's not even about stop going out there and dating and having sex. It's just, do you do you at least know who you're with? That's just that's just baffling to me. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Let's just uh, let's get on into it, shall we? We will be right back. Thank you so much for watching. Share the show far and wide. I have sent out all of the live links across, the, quite frankly, socials, Twitter and Gab and Truth and Getter and Telegram. Help me get it out to new people who have never seen us before. And we'll be right back to kick this one off. Be right back. This gentleman at 8 o'clock, it's everyone's favorite show, Earth. It's been 100 Galgamars since we first took species from 17 different planets and put them all together on the same planet. They fought, fallen in love. What will happen this Galgamar? Tune in, gentlemen, today to find out. It's Earth on Fox. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! All righty. So, thank you so much for showing up. We got another week together. 914-595-6953. 
You can write that down for later on when we open up the lines. And uh, if you want to, as you listen to the show and you have some things that you just want to throw out there onto the record, by all means, send in your Super Chats at, quite frankly, superchat.com. We have set up a universal super chat for everybody a long time ago. That'll always be the URL, even if the platform changes from time to time. Quite frankly, superchat.com. There's also the Rumble Rants. There's a lot of wonderful people who watch on Rumble now. Well, they have a super chat system that is inlaid that takes us back to the days when we still had YouTube super chats. Take advantage of them. It's very easy. And then there is quite frankly.tv, powered by Foxhole, and we have those gold pills that we're going to be getting to. I hope everybody has a good time over there. All right. So what was it? It's Tennessee. I, this is what I want to talk about first because I've been watching this. I was talking about it with Matt on Good Friday. Just incredible what was going on over there. Just incredible. Um, Tennessee, if you are a Tennessean, your state is on the chopping block right now. That's the way I see it. I have been talking you up to all of my friends whenever, and to Lauren, of course, you know, Lauren and I talk about this stuff, and whenever my friends talk about life in New York and what life after New York is going to be like, I said, I got to say, I've been really thinking about Tennessee a lot lately, and uh, if when it's finally time to get out of here, I think that might be the place. You know, there's the cultural stability, there's a lot more political stability, I'm not going anywhere near Memphis. I don't need I don't need to be near Nashville either. I want to look for a, you know, a nice spacey suburban kind of place. Who the hell knows? You know, that's just beyond. That's be even beyond the finances. The state taxes and the fees, they are laughable out there compared to what we need to kick what we kick up to Pharaoh over here in Albany. But man oh man. I'm sorry. I almost feel like it's my fault. I almost feel like it's my fault. I've been talking so much about Tennessee in my private life lately. I feel like I feel like it's almost like the vacuum cleaner curse that I bring around with me. Anytime I've ever had a vacuum cleaner come into my life, into my house, there's something about my family that a vacuum cleaner is good for like three uses and then it needs to be completely disassembled and brought in for surgery. It's, I, I don't know what's going on there. But in the last two weeks since we had a transvestite kill six people at a Christian school in Tennessee, the media, the feds, the Tennessee state Democrats, they have done some David Copperfield-level shit to change things up, to first sympathize with the shooter in many ways, to generalize and to to lessen the sting, to be able to de-louse the situation a little bit more politically for them so that they could really focus in on something they can control. And, of course, they did that. They changed the subject altogether through several rounds of protests by the children of the corn, the children of the new Red Guard, and... Um, and, and, and storming their storming people who hate storming capitals uh, a, a couple of different stormings happening over there to of course bring attention to the fact that we need gun control now because guns are just killing everybody it's like a, it's like toy story 6 toy story 6 little andy grew up and now the toys aren't coming to life at night the guns in his cabinet are Every time he looks away, the guns grow legs and they start running around shooting people. That's what, that's what they're, they're selling to the stupidest people on earth, and they're gobbling it up. 
and they think they're part of some kind of new civil rights uh, march, too. It's incredible, the imagery that's been sent out there that has been broadcast out of Tennessee in the last couple of weeks. It's just incredible. Leading these protests inside of the state capitol, making it about guns. Uh, Then, of course, you have the emergence of a branded group, the Tennessee Three. You have two discount store Malcolm X's. Two discount store Malcolm X characters that are being pushed so hard right now. One's name is Justin Jones. The other's Justin Pearson. And then there's some, of course, some flabby white woman who hasn't had a hairstylist take a look at her since 1993 with her ultimate warrior hairdo. It's fucking pathetic. It really, it's just so pathetic. It's even more pathetic for people who think, wow, how history just unfolds before our eyes. This is just incredible. Yeah. Just incredible how this stuff just happens, isn't it? So these three, the the Tennessee three, taking their taking their spot in the pantheon of Democrat saints, they were kicked out of the Tennessee Congress because they were leading one of those gun protests inside of the Capitol, you know, which was one of the just one of the waves of direct action. That was taken to reclaim the whole school shooting narrative. And then when they got kicked out of Congress, the narrative became about how un-American censorship is all of a sudden. And whether or not it was racially motivated that two of the rabble-rousers were black. So, uh, first, here's Kamala Harris, who got her first applause in five years. I don't know, this clip has been going around. Kamala Harris, who again abandoned... The giggly schoolgirl who just wants to be an astronaut persona, and she went full on tiny mustache man. You don't silence the people, everybody. You don't turn off their microphones. You just turn off millions of their Twitter accounts and their Facebooks. You get them taken out from their jobs. You don't. You don't. You don't silence the people, because that it, it's it's infuriating. It's infuriating, which is why I retreat to my very small backyard, and I listen to the same three birds chirp the same three thing. I know them by name now. There's only three birds that live in the backyard. That's how small it is. They don't go very far. They're like me. And uh, so that was, that was Kamala Harris doing her tiny mustache man impression. Just incredible. And here's a little bit more on Justin Jones now. Justin Jones, who has been reinstated to the Tennessee House. They've been reinstated. Watch. Watch how we elevate. How, how we, we consistently elevate the most untalented among us. This right here is a true example of equity. Undeserving child actors being praised for childish behavior. Look. Being told this is it, the moment's about to happen, the doors are opening. The moment's about, this is from MSNBC, I'm being told this is it, the moment is about to happen, the doors are opening, and he's, he's being reinstated, he's walking back into the Tennessee house. Oh, history. And we're there, thankfully we're there with our cameras. Justin Jones is re-entering the chamber of the Tennessee State Legislature. Wow. 
to tremendous applause. To tremendous applause. Uh, his half of the room is, is uh, standing and clapping, and of course he, he raises his one fist. Yeah, see, the majority of the room is just... We are losing Mark Thompson, but we still have Eugene... The majority of the room playing on their phones, but rousing, raucous applause. Thank you for the play-by-play, MSNBC. Robinson and Juanita Tolliver. Juanita, what does this moment mean for you? I am ecstatic. I just want to continuously say this is the only appropriate outcome for Representative Jones. I want to see the exact same for Representative Pearson. And honestly, I hope the people of Tennessee are watching this in real time. I hope they're seeing these images. I hope they're seeing all the steps from the Nashville Metro Council to this walk back to the State House to this entrance to the to the floor of the State House because we understand that Republicans in this country don't want history told in the way that it actually happens. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Boy, boy, oh boy. Boy. So... There you go. And, and, and yeah, that was following a long procession. He led, led another march to the Capitol, just like the old the other time. They got him in trouble in the first place. Led another march, linking arms with all of his uh, his strong whammon. His strong whammon. Linking arms with them all. Here, here's a little bit of that walk. This guy, Victor Xi. Of course, I see people like this all the time on Twitter now because Elon Musk has... Is uh, he gave everybody the the brilliant for you tab, which is working out so well on Tumblr. Awful, awful. All you see is the most retarded people in the country, and this Victor Xi, who touts himself as the youngest Biden delegate, so youngest retard, says, "Watch the moment here. Republicans thought Representative Jones would just peacefully waltz in and forget. No, not even close. Republicans should be terrified of what's coming. Listen to this. We're live with Joy Reid on MSNBC. If you want to say words, there, please. Uh, today is an important step forward for democracy, but it's not the end. That they tried to, to kill democracy on last Thursday, but today is a testimony of resurrection of people power. We hope we'll continue to show up here in the legislature because Cameron Sexton needs to resign. We need action for common sense gun laws. We need to support these young people who are begging for their lives. The young people are begging for their lives. They want common sense gun laws. And he wants the Speaker of the House to, uh, to resign now. He must resign. He must be held accountable. And now last week, when this was all happening... They were talking about how removing them was the crucifixion of democracy. The crucifixion of democracy. And when he was being held uh, up against people who had uh, opinions about what kind of shame and what kind of a, uh, an atmosphere he creates in the House, he stood there in the well of the, the Tennessee State House in a, in a brilliant white suit obviously not tailored everything this guy wears looks like it came from a funeral home but um but but i i had somebody get in touch with me on twitter and said i cannot believe he's being reinstated said what's not to believe these are religious figures for the irreligious you you have to widen out 
and stop thinking about politics. We are in a post-political world. Those explanations are pitiful and they do not really even, they don't, they don't nearly scratch the itch anymore. We are in a post-political world. These are religious figures for the irreligious, okay? They dress in the white suits when they're being persecuted and they're going through hell and all that stuff. And then they speak about the crucifixion of democracy being, of course, their removal from a chamber in which they bring nothing, nothing of substance. And you thought we were going to go through all of this without a, a resurrection? This is all cosplay. It's all LARPing, but it's a very dangerous LARP. It's one thing to, 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 to uh, dress up as a vampire and go to the Jacob Javits Center for some kind of a comic book convention. And then, you know, you go home, you wash up your makeup, you go to sleep, and you never bothered anybody. This is something completely different. Totally different. Here's the, uh, here's the other one. Here's the other one. Um, this guy, uh, Pearson, Justin Pearson. Here he is. He's embodying the, um, the, the persona of a preacher. They do a lot of this. All New Age Gaia, Mother Earth language, of course. All New Age bullshit. It's not Christian or anything like that. But he's got the afro. He's got the slim, sut, uh, slim cut suit. And, he, and, of course, he's a motor mouth. Uh, so take a look at this. Here is expelled Tennessee lawmaker Justin Pearson's sermon at Memphis Unitarian Universalist Church. He began with a prayer to Mother God and an invita- invitation for dead ancestors to speak through him. So listen to this. Well, y'all, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning. Would would you mind going ahead and praying with me now, Mother God, Creator God, loving God, holy God. Take this, your servant, made from dust and connect it with the raw materials of stardust to speak in this moment, to say something that brings forward the word you've placed into my heart. I accept my unworthiness for such a task as bold as this and I seek your guidance as you use me and speak through me to the ancestor preachers who made sermons from hymns moans and groans oh fucking stop oh it's such bad it's so bad it's so I, I feel like I can die from the cringe I feel like I can die from the cringe and this charlatan is everywhere all of a sudden everywhere it's just incredible how that happened. They call it history. But it's just, um, it's not. It's not. It's television. And then here you go. More Black Lives Matter witchcraft. Because I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what the hell that is. And if you want to see where Justin Pierce, that same person that you are looking at right now, well, somebody has now dug up his 2016 campaign ad and how he introduced himself to people of his district in Tennessee. Take a look at this character arc. Listen to this. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. Well, this, is, this wasn't his initial, his initial uh, um, con- congressional uh, run. Either way, uh, this is his public persona. This is how he presented himself to the public. Obviously, he's getting into Tennessee uh, politics and uh, a, a very ambitious young man, no? Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. 
there are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I wanted to do this by partnering with organizations from the Bowdoin Democrats to the Bowdoin Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seem like the and now here he is, and now here he is in 2023. He's grown out the fro. He's taken on a uh, a really, like I said, discount store Malcolm X kind of a look. Got the thin tie. He's got a completely new way of talking. And uh, yeah, you can say. Like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. Um, can you imagine Halloween being every day? You know how at the end of Halloween you're kind of just tired? You know? Especially if you have a costume on that requires you to indulge a little bit, you know, um, you, you can't, because you just start feeling silly. You're walking around with all that makeup on, but you're just talking about the Jets game the other night. You, you got to be a little bit involved. And then when you're done, it's just like, okay, I got to get this wig off. Can I, can I go to your bathroom and do you have any makeup remover? You know, you, you know when it's just time, you got to go and Halloween just, it's, it's done. Can you imagine? This is Halloween. This is Halloween. And you got these stupid idiots all around him so they're thinking, wow, we're, this, is, this, is, this is special. This is something real special here. Real special. Look at that transformation, man. Carl Jung once said, beware of wisdom you didn't earn. And boy, you can apply that generally to all of them. You know, and, and you're not getting through to them either. You're not getting through to them. And I, and I saw other people trying to defend this, saying, well, listen, you know, he was young, a lot younger in 2016, and things have changed, and he's seen a lot more, and blah. I said, like, no, please. And I, somebody else said, well, this is what we got to do sometimes to hide ourselves. Uh, nobody wants to see what our, uh, nobody wants to see what? What are, you trying to, what are you even trying to say? That you must hide yourselves in a disguise of moderation and reason? Until you show the world what kind of a fucking nut job you are. What I, I people can't even they fall over themselves to even try to explain this, and it only makes it worse. Now this is why we started last week's shows on Monday and Tuesday night with going over cult initiation, cultural fanaticism, because when these things just hit me. Say, let's do this. There's just something that tells me, let's do this right now. Even if we've done it again, maybe it's time for a refresher. Because as you can see, it always becomes a, 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 a virtual map key for better picking apart the subsequent events that always follow. Things like this. This is all cult nonsense and theater, and it's horrendous. But as I said, it has a lot, le- it has a lot more impact on everybody else's lives around us. Uh, than someone who goes to the Jacob Javits Center dressed up as, you know, Mega Man or something like that, and they and they they do the, that kind of pretending for the day. This is something totally different. Now, I may be wrong, but I have to say, I would not be surprised if this is all just one of those things. Obviously, it starts from a school shooting. Starts from a school shooting. All you have to do is sit and wait for that. We are an incredibly sick zonked out, over-medicated 
debased culture. All you have to do is wait around. There's going to be plenty of tragedies there for you. If you're opportunistic, if you're opportunistic media, opportunistic Marxist bastards, all you have to do is wait around and the tragedy will be there. There's no shortage of them. But I got to say that this seems like it, it could really, really be building as a prerequisite narrative for forcing Tennessee into being a blue state like Pennsylvania had been stolen. I, I, would, I would not put it past this one, one bit. Would, would not be surprised. You have this spontaneous upswell of youth activism packing the streets, filling people's heads with, wow, there's a movement out there, and it's not it's going against me. It, there's a movement out there. They're, they're much more powerful and much more represented than I thought they were. Oh, man. If they did win a, a couple more elections around here, I would see why. You get the rise of this new discount store, black preacher politicians that are out there, and then you have the media gasping. History, history. They're gasping, gasping. The White House... Especially that press secretary, the psycho stewardess, so proud of the children who are fighting back. That's what she said. So proud of the children who are fighting back. So happy she didn't have to talk about the shooting at the school. But she was so proud. Now, that sounds like a Cinderella story to me. And of course, the reality is that there are, there are no Cinderella stories for Democrats. At least not anymore. They're Anastasia. They're Drusilla. They're not Cinderella. They hate everything about Cinderella, especially her charm. Because as you can see, they do so much faking trying to find charm. All they do is just make everybody else want to fucking throw up. So Tennesseans out there, uh, you better sign up to be poll watchers. Because you only got only got one crack at this. Once they steal your state and they say that it went for a Democrat, especially in a presidential election, once that happens, then the public because there's a large large amount of them who are still taking pollsters and all that stuff. Um, once that happens, the public will start to accept that you are a purple state, trending blue, and then suddenly you're Pennsylvania and you're Virginia. You've, you've, I, really, I really hope you're looking at this as something a little bit more than just a two-week diversionary flash in the pan because the media did not want to cover the, uh, the shooting at the school in Tennessee. That's what that's what, how I see this, and I just wanted to pass that along. All right, so we're going to take a really quick break. A, a big reminder, if you're watching on YouTube or on Rumble, please give this a like. When we come back, I invite everybody on YouTube to find us on quitefrankly.tv or Rumble or Theta or Rockfin or Twitch, whatever the hell it is. Get on over there because we're jumping into territory that will probably make me have to delete this episode anyway. So I'd rather have a portion on YouTube. And uh, I know it's a very long trek to go to another website, but I, uh, I hope that you'll follow us there. Quitefrankly.tv, Rumble, all the links are on Quitefrankly.tv, so you can jump around and, and do your thing. Thank you, guys and gals, and we will be right, right back. Sorry, Franklies. The rest of the show is available at quitefrankly.tv. Quitefrankly.tv is the place to catch the latest episode, the latest blog entries, links to become a sponsor. If you want to buy a t-shirt or something, visit the merch store. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcasts. Now, head to quitefrankly.tv and we'll see you there. I've been a journalist for 
about 25 years and I was educated to lie, to betray and uh, not to tell the truth to the public. I stand, I'm going to stand up and say um, it is not right what I have done in the past uh, to, to manipulate people, to make propaganda. Uh, war is not, never coming from itself. There is always people behind it to push for war. And this is not only politicians, this is journalists too. Because I don't want this anymore. I'm fed up with this propaganda. Now you ask, what have I done for intelligence agencies? So please see, most of the journalists you see in foreign countries they claim to be journalists, and uh, they, are, they might be journalists, European or American journalists, but uh, many of them, like me in the past, are so-called non-official cover. That's what the Americans call that. I have been a non-official cover. Non-official cover means what? It means you, you too work for an intelligence agency. You help them if they want you to help them. They will never say, oh, this was one of our guys. They will not know you. That means non-official cover. So uh, I have helped them in several situations, and uh, I feel ashamed for that too now. Uh, like I feel ashamed that I have worked for a very recommended newspaper like the Frankfurter Allgemeine because I was bribed by billionaires. I was bribed by the Americans. Uh, not to report exactly the truth. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking but it wants you in this town nobody wants you around period come on man oh look at him fellas you crying boy you crying boy we will go back down to mcdonald's and get you a hamburger and some french fries how about a wine again you little sissy boy what are they they were once men Amy McDonald. I know all my Scottish friends out there know Amy. These are the things I can do when I'm not on YouTube. This is a good song. Takes me back. It's 13 years old now. Good drinking song. Okay, so... Welcome back. Now I gotta show you another. I gotta show you another little thing. You you think that uh, say oh red states get to a red state quick? All right, here's Texas. Texas state senate descends into chaos as transgender speaker refuses to give up the microphone and has some little wily creature running all around him, uh, beating off, well, batting away. <laughs> batting away anybody there that could uh, restore some order to the chamber. 
take a look. I mean, it's, this is a five-minute-long thing, so I'm not going to show you the whole thing. But I just want to—I want to preface what we're going to be talking about in the second half by giving you a little bit here. Take a take a gander. The recognition of the basic rights of your fellow human. Thank you for your testimony. The bill is two seconds away from the outdated, discriminatory three articles Thank you clause, for your laws testimony. of the 20th century, and I will not stand for it. We will not stand for it. We may not win today, and we may not win tomorrow. Now, for those of you in podcast land, you have a hulking uh, man who's sitting in uh, his dress and whatever, and you have this short black girl. I don't know if she's an un- if she's underage or that's just how short she is, is hovering around him and, uh, and trying to keep any, I don't know if it's like the sergeant at arms or any kind of security guard, but it's just incredible to see this, this display. And sitting next to the trans guy is, uh, is a uh, smirking demon woman who will introduce herself as a, guess what, a teacher. Take a listen. But we will persist as we always have in the fight of your oppression. If you wish to eradicate transgenderism from the public life, as members of your party have said, you can cry for My name is Sophia DiLoretto Chetti. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a third grade teacher here in Austin. Okay, great. You're fired. Get out. If you have, if you don't have a student in elementary school, that means um, that I spend eight hours a day, five days a week with eight and nine-year-olds. I heard someone earlier expressing support for this bill because Drad, quote, exposes children to things that they are not ready for. However, if any of my students were able to join me here today, they would have absolutely no issue explaining gender expression or gender identity to you something many of you clearly do not understand. And I get it, it's easy to be afraid of things you don't understand, but I can assure you, these things to elementary school students are easy and obvious, and they do not fear drag queens. Because See, she gets it, she gets it. She, under- she understands why you're a, you're a, uh, you know, a backwards ass, traditional caveman or cavewoman who, she, she understands, giggle, 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 she understands. But you're going to have to get out of the way because me and my legion of seven-year-olds, uh, we're the future. My, my, my battalion of seven-year-olds. You want to know why it's easy and obvious, you dumb, dumb cluck? You know why it's easy and obvious? Because they're children whose entire lives up to this point is dominated by their ignorance of reality. They don't know what goes into things, what's going on there. They, have, they don't even know what questions to ask at this point. They're mostly driven by imagination and fantasy thinking, all right, which uh, used to be nurtured in a different way when we weren't a dying culture. You see, when a nation or a state or a tribe cares about its survival, they will use these curious times in child's lives to impart onto them parables and fairy tales and folklore that actually build up character and prepare, prepare them for all of the moral dilemmas and age-old responsibilities that they will encounter throughout life. And the other thing they won't give them, even though lessons learned and everything else they will give them, they won't give them adult sexual baggage. All right? They won't give them that. I'm sure they'll know what a drag queen is sooner than later. The problem is they want people looking at drag queens as young as possible as a, another sex altogether 
because we've gone beyond cross-dressing with this uh, this pursuit here, and we're going into deeper, deeper levels of a uh, of a delusion that's getting a lot more violent. I don't know if you guys saw Billboard Chris, who got uh, who who got really roughed up by a bunch of trans goons a couple of weeks ago. I met Chris at the the Minds event last summer. I still haven't been able to get him on the show, but that that was uh, pretty incredible. How he keeps us cool in the face of this violence. You know, so that's what we used to do when we weren't a dying culture and we actually value what what generations are coming ahead and what it means for the survival of the nation or the species. You know, children will learn the importance of listening to our elders. That's what we used to do. Listening to elders, yeah, we, we go we there's a time when rebellion is just something that is in our programming and we rebel and we do our thing and many hope thankfully many of us survive that rebellion and we come to our senses and uh, and we actually start taking up the mantle of what is going to be our family you know we start taking on the responsibilities of the family and we allow the elder statesmen to retire and to uh, enjoy the rest of their lives with the young bucks coming up. That's what we used to do. We talk about standing, uh, standing up against evil. Those are the types of, those are the types of uh, uh, examples that were set for us. The importance of strong fathers and nurturing mothers. How babies need both. That is, um, that's all children to know. That's, that's all they need to know about gender expression. Strong fathers, nurturing mothers, and that children need both. And um, and the importance of respecting your elders. See, this third, this uh, this this girl who is a third grade teacher has uh, come here to the state senate over there in Texas to pretty much say that uh, you parents, you grandparents, who used to be venerated and very valuable parts of society, you need to either get with the program or just die, because I I have your children now. And uh, it's easy for them, and I'm going to keep them in this crazy, crazy-ass uh, way of thinking. That's what they are. Now, um, they go beyond that, too. That's it. That's all the gender expression they need, but they're not getting it. They need to know how men and women are made for each other and how that natural union is actually the only reason why our species did not disappear thousands of years ago. So um, the lying teacher bitch is once again using this evasive language to create rationale for exposing children to adult sexual entertainment as if burlesque is suddenly the emergence of a new sex, like like they're the X-Men or something. She believes she's sitting next to an X-Man. I guess it is an X-Man, but... Well, like, a, like they have some kind of a power and that their emergence is something that is very right now and, and we're, we're not going to turn our back on it. We have to utilize. I, I don't know. I don't know. They live in a totally crazy world. A couple more seconds of this. Because they know they have no reason to. February and March are Black and Women's History Months. And over the last two months, my students learned the history of Marsha P. Johnson, a key historical figure in the LGBTQ rights movement. They were appalled appalled that Marsha faced such hate and discrimination just for wanting to wear the clothes that made her feel comfortable. Like I said, the kids get it. And honestly, it's shameful that you're using them as a political weapon against a community that they may one day join if they haven't already. Wow. (laughs) If they haven't already. Eight-year-olds. 
You want to join the LGBTQ blah, 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 blah community? Sure. Sure, I'll join it. That sounds great. That sounds great. And you know what you also get with these people? You get this, this cocksure, smiling dismissiveness. Especially when they get pushed back on it anyway. They, they keep this smirk on their face, smiling, dismissiveness, very, very dismissive. But always pay attention to their eyes. It is always just, they're always on the brink of just exploding. There's a boiling rage that is living beneath the surface. They're all driven by that rage, especially the women. Especially the women over here who have been uh, brought into this this business of corralling children and destroying them. And um, and then you have this. Take take Here, take a listen to this one. Take a listen to this one. This is the last thing I'll play, and then we'll go to a break. This is from TikTok, another really crazy one that's been going around now. Um, but you get endless flow of these now take a listen to this freak from tiktok talking about um identity y'all really want to try to say there aren't trans kids let me tell you what there aren't there aren't cis kids okay you telling your child oh you're a boy you're a girl this is a child this is a free spirit that has not learned any of that bullshit until you force it on them so cisness is the wound cisness is the delusion cisness is the lie cisness is the place of pain transness is the healing transness is the growth transness is the truth transness is what we actually are we are fluid we are 70 percent water we are god god is change god is trans we are trans you are forcing your kids to be boys and girls we're saying, be whatever you are, baby. Be free. Be water. Be light. Be sky. Be God. Because guess what? That's what we actually are. What we actually are is trans, is change, is love. Okay, shut up. With your darting eyes. Um, I'll leave you with this. Because a lot of people will say, and since I hear people try to trip up normal people with questions like, uh, oh, well, can you define transgenderism? Just like, can you define, tell me what woke is. And, and, and you know, people get tripped up uh, because they don't think to just say, oh, well, it's just, it's just racism. It's just racism. It's just compelled speech. It's just, you know, oppressive identity, identitarian, exclusive language that has been built up and has just been part of a, a new uh, political orthodoxy. That's just really what it is. It's just old school stuff that everybody always says we're very bad, but has now been turned into a, a virtue. Well, when people say, can you define transgenderism? I always said it's, it's just cross-dressing. It's cross-dressing. And it goes, it, it goes beyond that a little bit because you're talking about a real, uh, a deepening psycho-emotional issue that's going on here. And, uh, but when you get tra- uh, tripped up, it's a way to bait normal people into poorly defining a largely abstract reality that this guy over here on TikTok obviously lives in. And I, it, listen, this is probably the secondary, a secondary reason behind wanting to ban TikTok, to be honest. Number one, they want control of the internet. Number two... They can't defend this. This is what is driving mainstream Democrat Party politics now. This is not an ancillary thing. This is what's driving a major, major party. And, um, and, and the other side isn't really too good about it either. They're very scared, but they don't know how to deal with it. They, they are, they're very, very nervous about the whole thing. 
But uh, but yeah, here's another way that you can put it out there. And I have a, I want to I want to put this out. And then in the second half, we're going to be talking about why 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 did the the corporate world pick up this mantle? Why did they do it? I know I have talked about this on the air before. AGP autogynephilia. This is another really great. Uh, screenshot from the boards that I took and I know many of you have seen it too and we brought it up on the show before. It's just as good a day to, to do it than ever. Here you go. Wonderful, wonderful post. AGP, autogynephilia, functions more like an addiction than an orientation or an identity. Understanding it as an addiction also gives insight into the escalating nature of the phenomenon. Men who cross-dress start out doing it occasionally as a masturbatory exercise. Over time, the bliss wanes, and the AGP begins to chase the dragon. There are extensive psychiatric comorbidities among this population because addictions, even non-substance use ones, are regularly part of a mentally ill person's coping strategies. Disassociation is the source of the high for the AGP. He'd achieve that perfect bliss in embodying any role that was deeply not him. This is why sexism is an absolute prerequisite for AGP. He sees women as another species, not just people who happen to be female. He must other women in order to reach that non-self place. To access that gender euphoria, everyone they interact with has to speak and behave as though they're women. Otherwise, these men are stuck with cross-dressing at home or in CD kink groups. And that really limits how much they can really take up their dosage and how often they have to dose. This is because we aren't functioning as human beings living and letting live. We are animating props for the role play scenario. Okay, we, you, that's, that, that means everybody else, people who are normal in this sense, we aren't actually functioning human beings. We actually become animated props for the role play scenario that lets these people access a specific mental state. We are set pieces and the whole world becomes their drug. And if you speak or act wrong according to popular gender culture rules, you have now become the thing standing in between an addict and their fix. You cannot satisfy an addict it is not chemically possible. Trying to do so doesn't help them, and it isn't good for you. It's, it's, that's it. That's it. There's no, that's why it's like, well, we have to be nice about, ah, this, this is, no, no. They have, they have set the ball rolling on something that there is no way to vote through, and there's no way to medicate now. Because this has become some sort of, this has been elevated to a state of a superpower, a social superpower. And what are you going to do? Start taking people to mental hospitals? You'd have, you'd have to take members of Congress out now to mental hospitals. Look what they just did in Tennessee. Look what they are unable to do in Tennessee, a place where Republicans have a supposed supermajority in the state. They had to let these rabble-rousers back in. All right, and they're just playing pretend on a whole other level. So what is so alluring about this slowly unfolding disaster that has sucked so many people into enabling it? What is so alluring? Now, we, we know that American education and media is a lifelong brainwashing operation, but why is the corporate world so intent on destroying their brands and going to war with more than half of their 
consumer base. We will do that on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. I hope. I'm hoping to get around to a lot of your calls as well. Share the show out. Let's make the second half bigger than the first. Thank you, one and all. BRB. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Welcome, welcome. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. Good to be back. Let's get to some super chats. First one up, I have a couple people asking me about how my Easter was. This one from Todd. Frank, welcome back. Happy Easter. Hope it was well. It was. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Um, Family, it was great to be with family all day. I love watching the, uh, the, the little kids uh, interact with each other rem- reminds me it's it's just all really interesting to be on the other side of it now because I still remember holidays with cousins and it's great it really is great so I love that and I'm most ha- and I'm also so happy with quite frankly TV over the weekend it's so hard to find biblical biopics on television during Easter now and we have this new snazzy looking site and all weekend as I said before, thousands of you t- filtered in and out watching The Ten Commandments, The Greatest Story Ever Told, The Robe, Jesus of Nazareth, the full six and a half hours on Easter Sunday, followed by King of Kings, and then it, w- it ended with Easter Parade. Easter Parade, very nice. That went on around like 10.30 p.m. It was a nice uh, change of pace. But I, The Robe? 
I am so happy I watched The Robe again. And I watched a lot of this stuff that was on, chatting with people along the way. Um, I think The Robe is going to be our book club title for spring of 2024. I love that movie. It's so it's so well done. I, I really appreciate the the angle taken from the whole thing. You know, in the Bible, it talks about how Roman soldiers cast lots for for uh, the, the, the robe that was uh, thrown around Jesus's shoulders. But it's just really awesome to, to make a story about that thing in particular, that one thing in particular. And man, I love I love that movie. And I have my grandfather, my father's father. I never met my grandfather. He died in the, when my father was, I think, 17. I have my grandfather's first edition hardcover copy of The Robe. It's in my collection that I salvaged from my grandmother's house years ago. It was, everything was getting mildewed down there. And I got this book, old, old book. I, I'm going to read that one. I think he even inscribed his name on it. I'm going to read that one. Um, but it also it also brought up some other... The weekend brought up some other questions about biblical movie casting rules. Like, what are the do's and don'ts? Obviously, one of the don'ts, but I, I think it's actually a do after this point because I, I love it so much, is John Wayne, drunk John Wayne, coming out of nowhere in the greatest story ever told for that one line as the Roman centurion when Jesus dies. Just out of nowhere. They wanted to get as many celebrities in that movie as possible. And then there's other things too, like casting. Like if you ever played Jesus, obviously you can't play any other role. You can't downgrade after that. You can't be Jesus in one film and then play Barabbas in the next, you know? But they did so many, there's so many actors out there that really, they just, oh, another biblical film? Get me in on that. I mean, Charlton Heston's all over the place. He's John the Baptist, he's Moses, he's everybody. And I started thinking, you know, but Charlton Heston, that's a major, I guess you can call him action film star too, back in the day. Think about it, think about this generationally. Imagine if someone on the stature of Tom Cruise was, was, was playing all of these different biblical roles. That's a lot of uh, suspension of disbelief. But then again, movie stars were different back then. And the audiences were different. Uh, there's a lot the robe was great that one stood out to me alright super chat quite frankly superchat.com Stostoop says welcome back Frank and Franklies hope everyone had a wonderful weekend certainly did thank you Stostoop thank you KT Sky D says, so glad you're back, knocking it out of the park as usual. Love the new intermission, by the way. A, uh, always love the show. Well, we're going to be spiffing up the intermission soon. We're going to be spiffing up the intro video soon. We're going to be uh, doing a, a bunch of things for the on-screen. Like I said, it's a big, big facelift kind of a year for the, the show's presentation all over the internet. Of course, I'm the constant in it all, and I don't know how to change me. Smelly Weasel 23 says, I hope you've had, uh, you have much more on the gate program. I was shocked to hear so many experiences uh, or experience what I did as well. Awesome show. I promise you, gate is not going away. The testimony I have received from people has been incredible. And as I said uh, on Friday night before we left, 
this was one of those things where, and still off off air as well, I have gotten everything from, hey, I was in Gate, and so was my my brother, so was my son, and uh, it was really nice. It was it was, I, I didn't get anything weird about it. Uh, there was no, I haven't been followed. Um, it was intellectually challenging, and I don't have any of those real those things that are all you know, the occipital bun and things like that. So there's people that that took it as very uh, mundane and even pleasant experiences to people who, uh, I, I have things to read to you guys, people who feel like they have been tailed for much of their lives. Oh, a couple of those show, those, a couple of those calls came in on Friday night that they've been tailed, uh, that they've been meddled with, that there was a, I mean, the one caller where went, went to sleepaway camp every summer for a few summers. And there was just that one time where she had lost lost time and went to bed on one floor and woke up three floors away and that one little blemish that's almost like what what was that i saw the curtain flap what was behind that curtain no i don't know so i think the uh the the nature of the responses is definitely worth a larger examination but i need to find myself a good guest that's what i need to do i do um Reels over Fields says, I want to talk with you about Tennessee, Frank. It's Wendy. Well, Wendy, hopefully I will be able to open up the line soon. Would love to get you calling in. Uh, I think we can get through this pretty quickly if I do that. I want to open up the lines and see how everybody's been doing. So we showed you a little bit of the chaos in Texas. I'll get to the rumble rants and just, a, you know what, there's only a couple. Let me get through those right now. Okay, Cat Sky D says, y'all should move to the free state of Texas, greatest state in the union. Well, we just did that. Tech, it, you know, Everybody's got their issues. And Texas is a, a, a big state, so I'm sure that there's plenty of great, great areas of it. But we know anywhere where people get together in large numbers, they eventually lose all of their autonomy and give their souls over to the leeching, the leeching globalist mindset. It just happens for some reason. I hear a lot of bad things about Austin. The same things that could be said about any big city. Cat Sky D again says, hey, 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 don't judge Texas by what goes on in Austin. Oh, <laughs> I guarantee that uh, the percentage of goobers is far less than most other states. The natural-born Texans won't have it, and neither will our immigrant brethren. I am not debating it. All I'm saying is that no state is truly safe. They are, they are trying to, they are following their targets everywhere. So um, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that some states are better than others. Let's see here. JoJo2020 says, Webster Barnaby directly compares trans people to mutant in X-Men. Two minutes. Well, well there, there you go. There you go. That's what I feel like the, the marketing is all about. That's what I feel like the marketing is all about. Everybody brings something new to the table. You know, I, I'm waiting for someone to say that I have a heightened sense of smell. You're what? Yes, one of them that, that believes that they are other kin. Other kin is an, is a, well, at least it's an old school term that people who um, said that they, they identify as something that's other than human. So, for example, if they felt like they had some portion of squirrel in them or uh, wolf, they have taken on the olfactory 
talents of the wolf. They have heightened sense. They think they're Wolverine. Anyway, okay. So let's take it. Um, so like I said before, and I'll end with some of these super chats on the, the pilled. We're in Texas for that Senate hearing. And now you have this. Everybody has seen that Dylan Mulvaney character uh, being pushed by everyone. Well, it's all over the place. You had the Bud Light thing a week or so ago. Then you had Nike. Now you have Oil of Olay, Olay, whatever. So you have so you have all these traditional uh, female catering companies for makeup. They're bringing on men and another couple of big brands. Well, here's a little thing first from Zero Hedge, and then we're going to PJ Media. Anheuser-Busch distributors freaking out over transgender ad campaigns. Distributors for Belgian-owned Anheuser-Busch are reportedly spooked over the reaction to the company's Bud Light transgender ad campaign featuring Dylan Mulvaney's 365 Days of Girlhood, according to the Beer Business Daily. In what many thought was an April Fool's joke, the transgender activist whose act consists of mocking women with exaggerated stereotypes that the left is too stupid to pick up on, revealed that the company had begun featuring Bud Light cans featuring his face, which Mulvaney said was uh, his most prized possession. The ad campaign included a video of Mulvaney drinking Bud Light in a bathtub. According to the trade publication, Which viewed the situation purely from a marketing and sales perspective, Mulvaney's target audience of Gen Z and TikTok viewers is a demographic that the beer company is desperate to reach. We reached out to a handful of A. Anheuser-Busch distributors who were spooked, most particularly in Heartland and the South. And even then, there are more rural areas. The beer publication wrote, adding to according to preliminary data, it appears likely Bud Light took a volume hit in some markets over the holiday weekend, with the caveat that rural customers are also most likely to celebrate Easter. Whether it lasts or whether the publicity sparks incremental offsetting demanding from uh, uh, over the ideological divide in metro areas remains to be seen, the report added while noting that it's hard to appeal to the sensitivities of a new generation of drinkers without pissing off the existing customers, which is ridiculous to say. It's hard to appeal to the sensitivities of a new generation without pissing off existing customers? If people want to go to a party and have beer, why do you need to bring in sexually and mentally, emotionally confused men to sell it? I don't understand. If people who are gay, straight, black, white, whatever, if you, what, you're, what you're selling is a, a social adult beverage, what the fuck are you thinking? But again, what are they thinking? Because whereas they, they, they felt a little bit of a dip here in sales and they got a lot of people out there like, uh, like uh, Kid Rock going and, uh, and shooting up barrels of beer and everybody's disposing of their Bud Light and it's uh, it's all nice to see for now but it is it really going to go far and from what I've seen elsewhere probably won't and I want to read something to you as a prerequisite as a little bit of a preface for a now three year old almost post from the boards again which at this point it was already an older topic of conversation for people who are looking into this stuff, I want to show you where this is all going. PJ Media. 
revealed the reason why fake women, fake woman Dylan Mulvaney is suddenly everywhere. Last week, uh, last we know why the corporate world has fallen in love with pretend woman Dylan Mulvaney, as I noted Thursday, he seems to be everywhere all at once, and it seems unlikely that corporate giants are suddenly so taken with Dylan's charm and wit that they are spontaneously all at once falling over themselves to make him their pitch man. But now we know why there, uh, there is this sudden imperative to make this man's America sweetheart. Corporations are being strong-armed into featuring him or else. The New York Post reported Friday that executives at companies like Nike, Anheuser-Busch, and Kate Spade, whose brand endorsements have turned controversial trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney into today's woke it girl, aren't just virtue signaling. Instead, they're paying paying the modern-day equivalent of mafia protection money, trying to keep the heat off of their business. They're hiring Dylan and making other displays of wokeness, quote, because they have to or risk failing an all-important social credit score that could make or break their businesses. If they don't inflict woke advertising campaigns on us, they're liable to do damage to their corporate equity index. That's the CEI score, corporate equality, I should say, corporate equality index score, which could be disastrous for their business. Watching corporations and tallying up their CEI score is the Human Rights Campaign, HRC, which the Post describes as the largest LGBTQ plus political lobbying group in the world, noting that it has gotten millions from George Soros' far-left Open Societies Foundation. HRC gives corporations points for being gay-friendly and subtracts, and subtracts them for daring, to, uh, daring not toe to the woke line. It does this based on ratings criteria that award up to 100 points for workplace features such as gender-neutral dress code and data collection forms that feature optional questions on sexual orientation and gender identity. I can tell you right now, my buddies, who some of them work in finance, um, they have sent me they have sent me the workforce training programs the the slides the spreadsheets all the stuff that they get pulled into by the by the human resources department to be be schooled on identity and on uh white privilege and on uh pronouns and on new ways of conducting business that are really antithetical to conducting business it's, it's the equivalent of a dog chasing its tail, but this, everybody is being pulled into it. Everybody being, there, there is no gender to dollars and cents. If you are a, if you're a hedge fund, what the hell is it, Matt? I don't know, but everybody's being pulled into it. I say, why? Is it really helping them that much? But they're all surviving in some way or shape or form or another. But then again, well, we'll get to it. Let's see here. Watching corporations. Oh, yeah. The, the main CEI categories include workforce protections, inclusive benefits, supporting an inclusive culture, corporate social responsibility. Some of you out there are probably rolling your eyes because it's happening to you at work right now. And responsible citizenship. According to the Post, businesses that attain the maximum 100 total points earn the coveted title best place to work for LGBTQ equality. The corporate giants have eagerly fallen into line. 15 of the top 20 Fortune-ranked companies received 100% ratings last year, according to the HRC data. Nor is it just the top corporations. More than 840 U.S. companies racked up high CEI scores, according to the latest report. You see, as I say, when, you, when we watch Davos, 
and the world government summits and all that stuff that goes on, it feels like every other month, that is really taking a peek in on the Congress, the real Congress. Who's making policy for not only this country, but the rest of the world? It's the corporate leaders and all of this stuff. HRC doesn't give a company a chance to dissent politely from LGBTQ agenda. A sure way to low to get a low CEI score is, for example, not using a supplier diversity program with demonstrated effort to include certified LGBTQ plus suppliers. Compliance is strictly enforced. According to political commentator James Lindsay, the HRC, quote, sends representatives to corporations every year, telling them what kind of stuff they have to make visible at the company. They give them a list of demands, and if they don't follow through, there's a threat that you won't keep your CEI score. Entities such as HRC issue threats because threats work, as we can see from the ubiquity of Dylan Mulvaney. Now, here's the, the conclusion of this, and then we're going to move on to the, uh, the anons. The CEI isn't even close to all the woke pressure on corporations today. The Post notes that the act that it is actually a lesser known part of the burgeoning ESG. You have been hearing about that, haven't you? Environmental, social, and corporate governance. It's an ethical investing movement, increasingly pushed by the country's top three investment firms. ESG funds invest in companies that oppose fossil fuels, push for unionization, and stress racial and gender equity over merit in hiring and board selection. What chance does a patriotic CEO stand against this kind of pressure? This is why corporations seem so unanimously woke and unafraid to offend patriots. They know that go woke, go broke is just a slogan, and that patriots have no equivalent to the ESG movement. Entrepreneur and presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy Explain, quote, the big fund managers like BlackRock all embrace this ESG orthodoxy and how they apply pressure to top corporate management teams and, and boards, and they determine, in many cases, executive compensation and bonuses who get reelected or reappointed to boards. They can make it very difficult for you if you don't abide by their agendas, end quote. Yes, they can. So expect to see much more of Dylan Mulvaney. And when the string pullers finally get tired of watching him prance around, they'll just get another puppet. The show will remain the same. Now, I want to move on to something else, and then we're going to open up the, uh, the lines to you guys and gals. This is from 2021. October 9th, 2021. But at this point, it was already a couple of years old for, for us who have been talking about it. But I, uh, I had to go and grab this for tonight. Here is the, uh, the OP put it out there, why companies have become woke. Ever wonder why go woke, get broke, never succeeded? Why seemingly companies have been introducing toxic cultures and destroying their productivity and products? Was it to target the leftist consumers that make no sense as they are alienating a large portion of the market in favor for a small portion? Would you, you would be correct though. It doesn't make sense until you meet Larry Fink. Now you see, Larry has been very busy boy over the last decade or two and has created the largest hedge fund in existence, BlackRock. Our story starts in 2007, 2008 during the housing bubble crash. The Fed is freaking out, not knowing how to manage the situation. It looks extremely likely the entire system will implode and they do not have the tools to stop it. Then came in Larry Fink. Larry Boy here offered to help. He was running a $7 trillion hedge fund and offered to help. 
They created the Maiden Lane vehicles where all of the defunct Wall Street Giants assets will be placed and managed by the Fed officially. But in reality, it was Larry. Uh, Larry was the one who managed them. Fast forward to 2020 crash. The Fed is panicked again because the corporate bond market was ready to collapse as investors no longer wanted the zombie corpse debt. If the market went cor- uh, if the if this market went corporations would no longer be able to fund themselves uh, and expect for issuing more stock which the future would would in the future devalue equities and create a death spiral. So who comes in to, to be the savior once more? You know it. Larry Fink. The Fed basically told Larry to buy worthless bonds, and they, in turn, will actively buy his ETF to subsidize him. This, in turn, means that BlackRock is now having freshly printed U.S. dollars buy his ETF. BlackRock now is effectively part of the financial system to the point where Bloomberg even called them the fourth branch of government. Now, here's the final, here's the final conclusion here. Now, you may be wondering what this has to do with wokeism, as it sounds just like a rant about how of everything we already know. Well, you see, Larry Fink recently had become obsessed with something called ESG investing. Remember, this post was in October 2021. ESG investing stands for Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance Investing. In short, Larry Fink's investment philosophy to reward companies that follow certain rules with investment dollars. These, uh, this ru- these rules could be the CEO not taking a salary or how much diversity and inclusion there is. And from there, he throws his now $12 trillion around to the ones with the highest ESG scores, which in turn is a proxy of a woke score. Now you are thinking, so what company can get institution, uh, what company can get institution and fund? Most of these institutions and funds use the ESG ranking as well, even if they do not believe in it as why uh, you would want to draw the ire of the fourth branch of government if you do not. This has led to every single corporation having to increase their wokeness to get investment dollars. Otherwise, their ESG score will be too low and they will be effectively blocked out of the market. So there you go. Now you know why wokeness is being pushed because Mr. Fink has a hard-on for wokeness and everyone else doesn't dare cross him. So... The too-long-didn't-read version, Larry Fink has gained so much power that he is strong-arming the entire finance world to, not only, uh, uh, to only invest in woke companies. That's why it's not going to go away. So um, it's great for cultural commentary to know where we're being pushed. It's good to know why. Uh, but just whatever you do, just invest as much as you can in the local economy and people that you trust farmers that you trust start making your own beer i know a lot of people who really enjoy making their own beer i know a lot of people that enjoy it some people and they don't have houses and stuff they 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 sometimes make it right there in their apartments do something new but uh that's that is the reason why these things don't really pan out and um and 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 it goes hand in hand with everything else like why is the democrat party still around how does that stay afloat how does all this stuff stay afloat? How do these media corporations stay afloat? How is, is ABC News still a thing? CNN, how is, it a, how is it a thing? Because it comes from places that have fuck you kind of money. And they know how important the, um, the tools are. That's it. They don't, it's not that they have products that people want. Uh, on, on Bud Light's... Uh, uh, Bud Light's instance, I mean, there's a lot of people who want 
that um, that flavored water. And uh, and and trust me, when the initial the initial sting of this Dylan Mulvaney stuff goes away, there's going to be plenty of people who uh, you know grab a 12 pack down the line and uh, and slug it down again. So it always uh, it, it's just very very slow. Slow cycles. Anyway, we have about a half hour left, and I want to take some of your calls. So let's go and do that uh, right after this quick break. Let me see what I can do here. Yeah, I'll play a little bit of a song. There you go. Stay inside by Set the Charge. We'll be right back.
Okay, let's take some calls and this one in style. 914-595-6953. In the meantime, over here on quitefrankly.tv, the gold pills, let me get to those while people warm up their phones. Chai Possum says, welcome back, Frank, we've missed you. Oh, it was just one day, but I miss you all as well. I I love days like yesterday. I got to I got to uh, catch up on a lot of work. I had to write a lot of letters and things like that. I cleared that all out of the way, and uh, I got to go outside. It was a nice day. Got to go outside with the baby a little bit more, and Lauren, and take them out to dinner. It was very nice. So, um, and it, it makes me feel reinvigorated to do this. I'll, I wrote today's show. I was done writing the crux of everything we did tonight by noon, which is unheard of. So every once in a while, those little mental reset days, they are, they're very good. They're very good for me. Okay, so uh, here we go. Chai Possum, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. Pod Hermit, thank you so much. Dixie Six, I haven't seen you in a while, Dixie. There are many places in Texas that would be perfect for you and your family. Yeah, I was looking into Georgetown at one point. I have family around there. Sean Joe, thank you so much. Witchy Poo, thank you. Boys Blanc, thank you. Jesse, 81138, thank you so much. NJSF says the disease is the refusal to accept and respond to the reality that not everyone is special. Yes, that in, in lack of purpose. Then what do you do with all this confusion and, and what... What does my life really mean if this stuff that I'm feeling is not real? Number one, it means that you're a slave to other people who have told you to go deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole of identity. You're a slave to them. They may be slaves themselves, but it's a, it's a, it's rough. One, two, three, SKG says still programming, uh, still programming students to attend the universities rather than seek out apprenticeships in a good trade. C. Blanche, late fee, Godspeed, tax time. Tax time, yeah, I'm all done with that, thankfully. Sent it all in. Let's take a call. Hey, Wendy Mahoney of Uncovered DC. What's going on, Wendy? Oh, hey, Frank. How are you? It's so great to have you on. Now, listen, you are a prolific writer. You cover a lot of the very pref- pressing issues of our time. Um, but you are also uh, you, you are also very intimately involved in, or, or you know Tennessee well, I should say. I know it well enough, and I know that we're not doing very well. Oh. I mean, I you know, I had fed the police last Friday, and... They had reminded me I didn't realize that Justin Jones was the very person who basically destroyed a cop car, was standing on top of it during the George Floyd riots, and um, was probably setting fire to things at the same time and screaming, defund the police. And so, you know, he's been this leftist activist that was then elected. And I think what's happening now is our Metro Council, because the seat is empty, I guess they, you know, quote unquote, have to fill the seat until there's a special election. And then I'm sure he'll be elected again because he's apparently got an army of people behind him here in Tennessee. I mean, 
it's just it's it's really a discouraging thing to see to to see what happened and they should have kicked the other the woman out too because they basically weaponized the whole thing keeping her in there i mean it was a stupid mistake i don't know why they did that yeah i really don't so so when you when uh when i gave my thoughts about what i can see this turning into as far as trying to 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 make tennessee the new virginia and pennsylvania in the next couple of election cycles do you think that there is uh, any validity in that no with you knowing the trends out there a lot more intimately than i 100 percent. they're targeting southern states because we have minority populations um, you know, they, they're working with, no kidding, CCP-funded organizations here in the U.S., the Workers' Family Party and, uh, you know, a bunch of other, um, I forget the one that Trevor Loudon always talks about. I forget the name of it. I was researching it today. But um, they're basically getting their, thing, you know, funding and getting, you know, BLM. A lot of these organizations are funded by Maoist organizations which are funded by the CCP. I mean, it's, it's not, a, I'm not joking around it. That's not conspiracy theory. That's actually true. Mm. And, um, they're, they're, what they're doing is they're trying to do it from, uh, um, I guess a legislative level. They're starting, they're, they're doing a lot of it at that level. They're trying to get ranked choice voting in, in all of the states. They're trying to abolish the electoral college. They're trying to, they're running all this cultural stuff. Uh, past everybody and then of course they're doing it on the ground with these flare-ups these riots these you know mostly peaceful protests um and you know they they're very i mean was it chris ray who said that they're not particularly organized it's a bunch of bs they're they're very well organized they've got back channels that they talk on the funny thing is i'm about to do some research on on this organization and um, one of the things is you can find a lot of their stuff, even though they're portals that you can get into, you can find a lot of their stuff on Rumble and YouTube. And then when you find them, you can look at their kind of planning sessions. And then, of course, there's the running chat. So you can see who's chatting in from where, you know, some are um, pastors. They're, you know, from all walks of life. Uh, I was I watched, you know, about a half of one of their sessions today. Um, it's, it's soul crushing stuff. I mean, they, they literally, they, they believe that we are going the wrong direction. They want to make us communist. They, they, the, the socialism is just a halfway point for them. I mean, they want to go all the way Mm. and, you know, and, and, and all of the policies, you know, the green new deal. And I mean, all of this is very obvious to you, but it's not obvious to other people, but they're very organized about it. And the funny thing, Frank is that I wrote an article on Christian Lamar in Arizona, and I have gotten untold amount of flack about it, and so has he, including from major politicians in that state, texting me, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? They're, he's People like him are just, you know, he voted for Obama, like this, these lazy, lazy, lazy arguments. And I, and I, I said to the person who texted me that, I said, I said, he said, you know, he has to, he has to attack Katie Hobbs and, you know, tell her not to veto. And I said, do you actually think that telling someone not to veto is going to make that person not veto? I said, the only way to do this is to defund these people and, and use the tools that we have available to us and not be fearful. But the problem is that people don't know the tools. They don't know their state constitutions. They don't know how to fight. 
And when they get insecure, they back down and then they don't have the numbers they need to fight. Oh, yeah. That's what's happening. And yeah. the left has it. Now, it's yeah. irritating the hell out of me right now. It's, it's very irritating because you have, you have a, a large portion of people who don't actually understand that they're in a war. Uh, they they don't they don't understand it and 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 I and I understand I know, I know because it's it's not something that really smacks you in the face and can become you know you, you see a lot of crazy the humanity produces a lot of crazy chaotic things in entertainment it's just it's, so you it's very hard to put pieces together if you're not looking out for it to say oh this is a very coordinated. Um, assault on a culture at large, and I am a major target of it. And uh, you don't know that you're supposed to be mobilized because you're just taking care of your nine to five. You're taking care of everything, and mm-hmm. there's just people around them who are driven as as any uh, any sectarian religious zealot is driven to go out and to seize some, something for themselves. They just can't put it all together. And you know, as you're saying there with Chris Ray. How they're they're very they're not very coordinated. Oh, as and as you said, they're very highly coordinated. They're just not very responsibly covered by the media, who are assisting them in their operation. And when it comes to um, when it comes to Tennessee and this and what happened in the last two weeks, the last two weeks alone, you can't. It's 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 you can say well it, it was all planned from the shooting on over, but uh, it also just it could also just be a testament of the response t- the response time. Look what they no, were able to come. Yeah, I don't think it was planned. I don't think it was planned to that level, but it is a testament to their to their response, and yeah. they're they're coordinated in the worst kind of way, Frank, because they're cells. That's what they do. They they have cells. That's effectively what this is. It's ground. It's like a ground game, like a serious, diffuse ground game. But they have networks to communicate. Believe me, they do. I've I've been into the networks. They have networks to communicate, and they actually have the courage to coalesce and and get and show up and be there. And we're not doing it. And I mean, honestly, one of the reasons that I love your show is because there is really no one else out there who talks about this stuff in the way that you do about the culture, about what they're actually doing, about what they have been doing, and who also knows the Constitution and how our, you know, how our processes should work. There are very few people like you out there, and you're doing a real service. The problem is that people think tweeting is activism, and they think that warm bodies, I mean, we've got this precinct project, and people are showing up, but we don't need, we're way past the point of needing, of, of warm bodies. Like, if you're going to do it, you got to be all in, and you got to be ready to go, and and ready to learn, and ready to arm yourself with the correct tools to fight this stuff, and not just say, "Well, you know, we tried." You know, I mean, this takes this took years to get this in place, and it's going to take a while for us to dismantle it. But we're not going to dismantle it the way we're doing it. And I mean, if I could tell you the stuff that I looked at today, just on, I mean, just this conic stuff alone, which, by the way, guys, is real. Like the the the. Chinese in our election and the CCP in our country, and this is not me, you know, I'm not putting on any tinfoil hat here. This is real stuff. They are involved in our national security. People would be appalled at the things that I look at and know. And, you know, people have been talking about it, Trevor Loudon, lots of people have been talking about it, but I'm telling you, it is very, very bad what's going on in our country right now. And it is coordinated, and all of the censoring, it's all it's all working together. And the only way we're going to overcome it is if we really 
get a little bit more courage about it and start really getting out of our seats and doing something. I'm telling you, it's very bad. Well, Wendy, I'm so happy you were able to get through here. Now, you, uh, you, uh, a lot of the, the the stuff that you're doing right now, the research you're doing right now, is going to be uh, uh, published soon on Uncover DC. Yeah, I'm working on a story in Maryland. I've been working; it's on voter rolls. Um, the the New York Citizens Audit. People need to pay attention to that. Marley Hornick. Um, she's become a friend of mine. I met her at the pit. Um, what that woman? I if I told you. I mean, honestly, it's a lost cause. Our voter rolls are a lost cause. They have to be fixed. But what they're doing is, is so important, and people need to understand that our voter rolls are completely gone. They are completely gone. And we, you know, if, if the very basis of what, you know, what we're basing our elections on is gone and, and, and dirtied and corrupted the way it is, and it's purposeful, it's not a mistake. I mean, we really have to fix it. And we have to stay with it. We cannot give up on it. We really, I'm telling you, I'm very worried about what's going on in our country. But yeah, I'm working on a couple, I'm working on a voter roll story. I'm working on China. I, I have a message into Trevor Loudon to talk to him about it, um, having to do with redistricting in China and what they're doing over in China with our redistricting. Um, I mean, well, I, you you got to call. I have you. I have you logged in. I, I have you stored over here, Wendy. So, um, anytime you're out there and a hot button issue like this, especially something you're working on, pops up, just drop in on us. Especially when the lines are open. I see Wendy. I'll be like, okay, let's see what's going on over there. Oh, I didn't know you had me stored there. Okay. Yeah, I got. I got you. Yeah, I mean, Frank, thanks for everything <clears throat> you're doing. I I I really can't thank you enough. I mean, it, the way that you talk about this stuff is so so good because you really capture the essence and you're absolutely 100% spot on in your assessment of what's going on. Well, I appreciate you really are. that. I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad. I, I Hopefully it, it gives you a little bit of relief because I can hear the stress in your voice. Oh, it, it makes me laugh. Okay. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a tough day. I've seen a lot of stuff today that is really disturbing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I anyway. Well, either way, you, 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 you do great work and thanks again for the call, my friend, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Frank. All right, Bye. later. That's Wendy Mahoney, everybody, and you see her uh, published frequently on UncoverDC.com. She's she's really really terrific, and she uh, hits on a lot of a lot of different subjects there. All right, let's keep going to some some calls. Nine one four five nine five six nine five three seven six five. Who dis? This is Judy Ratliff from Lafayette, Indiana. Hello there. Can you please turn down the 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 stream? Yes, sir, I can. Thank you so much. In fact, I can mute it. I just wanted to let you know that uh, ever since I was in uh, Illinois growing up, that China has been taking over our farmland ever since the 70s. Can you please, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, miss. Could you, could you please just, uh, did you get that uh, muted right there? There you go. Yes, I Okay, did. so, okay, so you're talking about China, you, you have been taking note of a lot of farmlands being bought up by foreign countries, especially China, over the years? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I'm 65 now, and ever since I was in my 20s, China has been buying up farmland in Illinois for years. Hmm. And 
that is why I will never go back to Illinois, even though I was raised there and grew up there. That's why I'm in Indiana now. Illinois has has taken such dirty money over the years that it really upset me. They've been doing it since the 70s. Look into it. Well, you know, uh, and you said your name is Jeannie? Judy. Judy, Judy. Well, you know, and first of all, thank you for the call. Uh, that's something that, that we have seen popped up so much. The, the southern, the southern uh, part of Manhattan, a lot of that is, is Chinese-owned now. They're, they're, so it's not even just rural areas. They're going for they're going for the uh, the big cities. They're gobbling up a lot of buildings there for pennies on the dollar, especially since the economies are crashing around here. Thanks again. Um, what we were talking about not too long ago in what the the Dakotas, the Dakotas. There was a lot of people saying no, we don't want Bill Gates buying up any farmland around here, anything that's uh, associated with him buying up farmland around here. And I think they were not able to stop him from the purchase. We know the same thing with Minnesota. I've heard a lot about foreign ownership of oil fields in Texas. I've heard a lot about that over the years. I don't know if that has been corrected or or whatever, but we're it, it's been a fire sale. It's been a fire sale. You remember when we were when we learned about how how deeply controlled by foreign interests a lot of our ports in California were. We learned a lot about that. A lot of Chinese-owned ports in California. I, I mean, you you really start you really start tallying it up, and this is this is, this has been like a dissection project. It really has been like dissection. Got a couple more super chats that came in. Dooku Dan says, "Have you seen Barabbas from 1961, starring Anthony Quinn? It deals with Barabbas's inner struggle of wanting to believe but always making the wrong choice." For your information, the crucifixion scene was filmed during an actual solar eclipse in Italy. Very thoughtful film. I think I have seen it. I think I have. But um, I wouldn't be able to give you much. I, I want to go out there and watch it again. Uh, let's see here. Dooku Dan again says, The Robe is the first CinemaScope movie. It must have been something to see that in 1953 when the movie goes from the traditional boxy screen size during the credits to when the credits end and the on-screen curtains pull back on the widescreen view of Rome. Yes, must have been. And the encounter with Judas in there is something else. The encounter with Judas is in there is something else. Um, his, his regret his repentance he's uh all really messed up obviously so uh, you have to imagine it was one of the last things he did but um the robe really really good one all right let's see over on rumble did i miss anything no i did not fantastic all right on super chat on quite frankly dot tv Curious Patriot says, always rockin' Frank. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Curious. Thank you, Country Girl 007. Speaking of 007, last night was Spectre. I hope a lot of you guys watched. I sent it out there on Telegram and Twitter and all that stuff. Spectre, it was the, I mean, I think it's the second best Bond film with Daniel Craig since Casino Royale. And we did a whole show on the Octopus and Promise Software. And that was a, Spectre is a huge New World Order themed movie. Huge. 
So I hope you guys caught it. Zoso Dude says, outstanding programming this last weekend. Thank you. So, uh, hey, I was, I was in the chat room with you at, at, uh, at, at one point, Zo. I'm glad you liked it. All right, what else do we have here? Jewel, Jewel85 says, love your music videos. Thank you. I don't play Stay Inside enough. I just, You know what? I want to play a song tonight. Thank you, Witchy Poo, and thank you, Jism. It says, great show as usual. Well, I hope that you guys enjoy the rest of the evening. I had time for two calls. That's all I have. It's 8.57, but tomorrow is another day. We have a full two hours again, Wednesday the 12th. And I look forward to hanging out with you. I don't know what the, the uh, it's going to be. Speaking of farmland, I guess we can talk about mRNA, the pushes to normalize mRNA and not only um, produce but livestock. There's a lot of that going on there right now. Makes it even more important that you localize your your farming and your your buying and making sure that the farmers you're working with are staying away from all of these ridiculous edicts and they are going beyond organic. If you are anywhere near the Amish and you can get delivery services from them, do it. I'm so happy to say I'm I'm within range of a couple of really good Amish farms in Lancaster and uh and hell hell I'll whatever. Whatever I got to do to at least Hedge my bets a little bit. But that's all I have for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You've been really, really great to me, as always. And I hope that you take some time to go to quitefrankly.tv, take a look around, and, of course, become a sponsor. You go to the Sponsor Us tab, and you can pick from any number of ways to become a monthly sponsor. And from there, you are automatically entered into a bevy of perks that are universal. And then there are other tiers that you can go into that have even more perks there, like the Polaroids or the postcards or becoming a pen pal and everything else. I love mailables. It's becoming harder and harder for me to write them handwritten. So I've been typing a lot on my typewriter, but I always sign them and I always doodle on them and I I personalize them try to keep it uh, very, very cozy. So become a sponsor if you can, if you love the show and you want to see it continue to grow, not just maintain, but grow because there's so much more I want to do. Thank you guys, one and all, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Dooku Dan, Reels Over Feels, Stostube, KT Sky D, and Smelly Weasel. Thank you to all my wonderful friends on the Rumble Rants. Thank you to everybody on the Gold Pills on QuiteFrankly.tv. I am releasing the scratching right now, and I will check you later. Thank you guys. Good night. Oh, and thank you to Dan Theater. On Rockfin. I'm so sorry, Dan. I did not see this. Dan Theater. My bad, brother. I'll see you tomorrow.
Hi, how'd it go? What did it take to get some fucking smoked turkey in this house, huh? What? I bust my ass all day long. When I come home, I want a little smoked turkey. Is that too fucking much to ask? What the fuck is your problem? Everything but fucking turkey in here.